0: Welcome to The Dark Zone, an adventure racing podcast. I just reached a point where I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I wanted to do it. And I understood it was going to be hard and there were going to be some lows. But that's, that's life. That's with anything. And I'm glad I did it. I'm excited. I want to do it again. Okay,
1: you people sit tight, hold the fort, and keep the home fires burning. And if we're not back by dawn, call the president. You're going the wrong way! What?! You're going the wrong way! He says we're going the wrong way. Oh, he's drunk. How would he know where we're going? Yeah, how would he know? Thank you, thanks a lot. All right, dear listener, this is Brian Gatons of the Dark Zone Adventure Racing Podcast. Today we have on Vanessa Cummings for episode number 58. Vanessa is newer to the sport and we connected months and months ago, and she kept a running record of her introduction to adventure racing. This is a long and fun episode. You will notice that after we finish the first set of recording, there's a bit of a pause and we keep going. Usually we turn the mics off, we chat for a little bit after the recording. And Vanessa had more pearls of wisdom, and we kept the microphones on, and it is great, and she's fantastic. I want to say thank you to all of you for being steady and consistent listeners. The Dark Zone continues to grow in popularity, and thank you to all of you. Only through your interest and your ratings and your shares and your links can this happen. We're getting a firm and steady fan base. We're grateful for that. Some sponsors are coming on board in the next two episodes, just firming that up in anticipation of our ongoing race season, which is just starting here. So thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Sit back and relax. Enjoy this episode of The Dark Zone. Listen for that pause about 45 minutes in, and then it starts up again. I'll let you know when it's happening. Be safe and enjoy this episode. Thanks again for being here.
0: All right. Well, I'm Vanessa Cummings, and I'm probably... I'm not very athletic, but I like to think I'm athletic and I tend to bite off more than I can chew pretty regularly. Uh, so By the my way, experience not, not, that's
1: is... a great start. Great start for venture <laughs> racers. We always yeah. know personal ability and off we go. So welcome to the sport. Keep going. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
0: <laughs> I I'll see something and I'll go, wow, that's so awesome. I, I gotta try that. And, um, my, my husband's a pretty good, I, I don't think, I don't know. So he keeps my, my balance really going too far. Um, so adventure racing is, I think just a natural next step for me. Uh, previously, notably, I, I, out of nowhere, went from zero to let's do a tough mudder race because that sounded really fun and, uh, definitely found out that, man made obstacles aren't aren't for me i'm not really interested in that and when i did find out about adventure racing one of the appeals is just it's you versus nature it's just out there and i really like that about the sport adventure racing to me i like to describe it cuz everyone i meet's never heard of it as the ultimate summer camp day Kind of like any movie you watched as a kid with summer camp and it's you versus another team and there's like a canoeing section and then there's a hiking section. and Now there's maps and compasses to me that embodies adventure racing. So I feel like a little kid at a summer camp uh, when when I think about the sport, even though the sport is definitely more extreme and hard than any summer camp. But that's sort of how I like to flavor it.
1: So I have to give you credit because you're the first guest in well over fifty episodes of the Dark Zone who unintentionally referenced the nineteen seventies eighties Bill Murray classic Meatballs by referencing yeah. adventure racing to a to a, a summer camp race series. So good job on, on making that natural connection. <laughs> well done. Mm-hmm. So if I hear you correctly, what you're saying is is that when you 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 hear something interesting and you jump right into it, right? Very common yes. part of venture racing, right? Now the, the, the bar to entry is relatively low, right? Adventure mm-hmm. racers for the most part. Don't sit around wondering if they could do it or not. They say, I'm going to go do it and find out if I could do it or not. Right. So credit to you. But you referenced like with the Tough Mudder, the idea of the man-made obstacles really didn't appeal to you. Like climb over the wall, go in the mud pit. Eh, that wasn't your thing?
0: It, it sounded like it might be my thing. I didn't know it wasn't my thing until I did it. <laughs> put it that way. Um, And I just didn't have a great time. I also wasn't trained well for that. Uh, It was just my husband and I, we didn't have a team. So it was a little lonely in that sense. And uh, really early on, we had to stop doing the obstacles and just hike it. We just couldn't, and we got short course. Um, So I don't know, looking back, I just, I thought, Oh, do I want to do this again? And nah, I'm, I'm good. But the adventure racing, you get to go to different parks, different parts of just nature. I, I like being able to see something beautiful. That's really nice. And I like that the obstacle is just what was already there, I guess.
1: Well, it's the natural terrain, right? We don't really yeah. create the obstacles. It's whatever lands on the ground and builds over time is what we work with, whether it be a mountain or a swamp or a river or a trail system. But walk us through the the the, the time frame from not being involved in the Tough Mudder, doing mm-hmm. the Tough Mudder. And mm-hmm. then how did you find adventure racing? What was, what was your gateway into the sport?
0: Uh Well, I think Tough Mudder, I just saw an ad for, and I showed my husband uh, we were dating at the time. And, and I said, Oh, let's do this. And, he was headed in, but he signed up and we did have other people say, Yeah, I'll do it. And no one else ended <laughs> up there. It
1: was just us. I think they're there was one brave. other they're, they're brave in the talking, but not brave <laughs> yeah. in the doing. Okay.
0: Yeah. So that was that's interesting. That's sort of the first thing. A lot of people will say they'll do something. And then, uh, um I remember I I dyed my hair red because I thought maybe it would give me like sort of fiery, like, yeah. like the depths of the spore God be like, uh yeah. Uh <laughs> but even just early on, I didn't enjoy it. Cause even before the start, you had to do, um, my, my biggest fear, like over a big wooden panel, like you had to up and over this thing that was really tall and I don't like heights and I wasn't that fit. Um, we did train beforehand. We joined our, our gym had a special tough motor training program we signed up for, and we were just the I, I asked my husband about it today and he, he didn't mind, but we were the most unfit out of the group. And I felt really bad about that because I thought we were holding back other people that had paid for this training. They always had to wait for us to catch up. Um, I think if Brian wasn't there, I wouldn't have kept going because I mm-hmm. felt so guilty about that. And that's definitely a theme for me with any physical activity. That's a team sport. I worry I'm going to be the worst And I just believe I will be. I'm going to be the worst. And it's really hard to do something with that mindset. Um, Even just the smallest pickup games of this or that. Uh, So when it did come to adventure racing and I formed my own team, it was very important to me that we all understood this was for fun, not for wins.
1: If someone gets into adventure racing for the purpose of winning races, right? If that is their goal, an admirable goal to be very, very good goal to have. But to your point, it was far more about the experience of the race itself and enjoying yourself along the way, as opposed to having this sort of single-minded laser focus on being as high as you can on the standings, but rather absorbing the experience for what it is. Do I capture your your ethic correctly? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I it, It's a long race. Even the one we did was shorter. It was uh, supposed to be five hours, but you want to have a good time for five hours. You don't want to be miserable. And just going at our pace is great. <laughs>
1: Well, um, I, and, your, and your team's yeah. pace is your team's pace, right? And mm-hmm. the nice about of adventure racing is rarely do you know where you are in relation to everybody else because you're all spread out along the course. So yeah. you, you mentioned the five-hour race. You put a team together. When the Tough Mudder came and went and that experience was what it was, and then you mm-hmm. moved towards the adventure racing, did you sign up for the five-hour race and then build your team or did you have your team around you and then you went into the five-hour race?
0: I... I had an idea of a team. I asked um, three different couples that I'm friends with that I'd sort of sprinkled adventure racing into conversation. They all knew what it was by the time I asked them. And they did all agree on varying levels. And then uh, as it got closer to the race day, one... Friends that had to back out because they were expecting a baby and they actually had a baby the day after the race. Oh. So they had their own adventure race.
1: All right. <laughs> All a right. It's, a good reason. it's a good one. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, the other couple... Didn't think they'd have enough time to train up, which I think is funny because they are like my fit couple. So for them to worry they weren't going to be trained in time, I went, "Uh oh, right, <laughs> what right. do if I think trouble, I could do?
1: Right. I'm yeah, in trouble.
0: They're saying no. Uh, and then the the last couple, uh, Matt and Sarah, they committed and they were they were all in. Um, so it was a mix of I knew people willing to do it when I signed up and I said, we'll finalize the team as we get closer so it was a bit of a mix.
1: Now you said it was a five hour race. What race was it? It was
0: the little Lapine loop by bend racing.
1: Okay. So that was, and when and was they, that race held?
0: It was in October, late October. And I believe this was the first year that they did sort of a smaller five hour little loop. Um, previously it was just the lapine loop. So I thought, Oh, it's a, it's a little one. It'll be a little easier. It's more beginner friendly.
1: <laughs> right. Right. I've never heard easy assigned to a bend mm-hmm. race, but I'm, I'm with you on that. I see what you're saying. You're thinking yeah, shorter distance. Yeah.
0: Okay. I got yeah. you.
1: And so that, and that race was in October. And if I remember correctly, you and I first spoke several months before the race, I think as far back as the springtime. And we mm-hmm. talked a lot about your preparation for the race and, and the idea that you were going to, as someone who's relatively new now, was that your first adventure race? It is. Okay. So as a, as a person leading into your brand, your first race, You and I, as we spoke, we talked a bit about you keeping sort of an informal track record along the way of your preparation for the race, recognizing, balancing family and job and life Mm -hmm. and all of that and relationships and everything there. How did your training go leading up to that race? Did you hit the marks you wanted to hit or was it hit or miss? Like, how did that work out for you?
0: There were times that I thought that I was really hitting the marks. I was doing really well. And then there were times that I thought, oh, geez, I'm so behind, Uh, I didn't get anything done this week. Um, Certain things lagged, especially bike training. I didn't really get on my bike much until very close to the race. And we were only uh, doing about two miles on the bike at a time because we had our toddler with us and he would get fussy. So a, a little, some issues there with doing as much as you want. And it's hard to not just find the time to go to the gym or work out, but, you know, it has to be after work. We have to make sure dinner's ready. And it's really easy to find uh, an excuse or a reason. It's not even enough to want to train. It's, there's a lot of prep just to even get out there, but there's some things uh, I did such as I'm in a run club that kept me pretty regular. Every week I was doing something, which was good. And there's a lot of little fun things we did. Um, there's a lot of sort of scavenger hunts that we've tried. We did geocaching even before I signed up for the race. When I I was uh, expecting my, my son, we did geocaching as sort of a, I want to adventure race, but I physically can't right now. Nice little in-between. And we joined the uh, local orienteering group. And we went to a lot of those and that was very helpful. That was, I'm really lucky to be near a group like that.
1: It sounds like what you, you, you brought into that really, really good mindset that you didn't focus on what you couldn't do, but you focused on what you could do mm-hmm. and you just wanted to be consistent over time. And you balanced all that inside what, what your, what your demands were versus your responsibilities. And to your point, you made good use of geocaching, as an example, the local orienteering club, which, by the way, for the newer racer who may be listening to this, we recommend to everybody, the, the cousin, the sibling, the brother, whatever you want to call it, to adventure racing is orienteering, right? Having a map mm-hmm. in your hand and going with that. So you had that the lead up to the race. You did as much as you could inside your, in, inside your ability, and you decided it was time for the race. In preparing for the logistical parts of the race, your gear, your bike, all of that. Like what did you do for that? Cuz this was your first race and this the learning curve is really steep because a lot of systems have to come together, right? Your your biking, your your trekking, the paddle, your food, your navigation. You had to kind of connect all those dots. How did that go for you?
0: Ooh, well it was tricky. It is a lot of things. I <laughs> I thought even though my training wasn't going exactly how much I wanted, I kind of had this idea like in high school cramming for a test the month leading up to the race. I'm really going to get out there. My, my parents were coming up to babysit for us during the race. And so I'd have all this time to really get out there. And it was the opposite. There were so many little things like you're saying with gear to figure out that I don't think I did really any training right before the race, very little. Um, there's, you know, the gear list that they give you for the race, so I had to make sure I made a little spreadsheet, make sure we have all that, make sure my teammates know you need this. And then kind of, I mean, we were really late to <laughs> the race was, I think, that week and we were at the store and I went, oh, I think I might need gloves for biking because the weather took a turn the weekend before was in the seventies and the week of the race, it was going to snow. And so I said, I think maybe I should have gloves when I bike. And I really did. Um, so, and then I even got a used mountain bike the week before, because originally I was going to ride the bike I've had since forever, which is sort of a half road, half mountain Mm -hmm. hybrid kind of thing. And, um, I worried that wouldn't be enough, but I also thought, you know, a bike's not going to be the reason I don't finish a race. <laughs>
1: the fact
0: right. I didn't get on it that much is going to be the reason. But yeah, I got a, <laughs> a mountain bike. a used one right before the race and then uh, it, the we were training the, the weekend before, Brian and I were at the park with the baby and we only biked for maybe an hour around just nice paved park area. And my wrists really bothered me. And I said, uh oh, this, the handlebars, they're different. And we ended up going to the the store and they fixed it and we picked it up the day of the race. Oh, no, the day we were leaving for the race, I should say. The race was that weekend, but it was a bit of a drive. So we're planning to hit the road. We pick up the bike, and the handlebar that they fixed fell off as we were leaving the store. So we had to go back, and they had to fix it. Um, something, they had to shift all this. I don't know. They did it.
1: <laughs> we got on the road. So oh, it was very. It's good the handlebar <laughs> fell off in the store as opposed to at the first yeah, five mile of the race. That yeah, that yeah. would have
0: been very bad.
1: Yeah. And I don't want to cast aspersions <laughs> on your local bicycle shop. But if the, mm-hmm. end of the bar fell off of the shop, you may want to consider looking at a different bike shop. That's my opinion. Yeah, but yeah. Who, who am I to say?
0: <laughs> but it, it worked out. They were nice. Um, I, don't, I don't know what they're called, extenders or something. It wasn't the whole bar. It was just like the grippy part that yep. they switched out. And it was great on my wrist. I had no issues which was amazing.
1: <laughs> and so, and so in this, in this somewhat tumultuous lead up to the race and we'll get into the race in a second. Cause I want to hear how yeah, your experience yeah. went, but in the, in this somewhat tumultuous lead up to the race where you, you had to balance all the time responsibilities your training responsibilities. What was your mindset in regards to the race itself? Were you laissez faire? Like it's all going to work out. No big deal. Were you nervous? Mm -hmm. Did you consider not going like did the the demons barking at you a little bit? And I'm going to ask you a question too. Did you speak to anybody outside your circle about Mm -hmm. all the things that you were feeling and getting ready for the race? Did you find advice anywhere?
0: A bit of a mix. So I definitely listening to the podcast helped. There was one episode, I think it was like episode seven or something. And your guest, I should have written down the name talked about, sort of how they felt you should train for a race. And it was kind of, if you're going to be biking for so many hours, be comfortable on the bike for that. Don't look at miles, look at sort of your time. And that took some stress off because yeah, I'm only biking two miles right now, but I feel good while I'm biking. I'm not getting any issues. So I I liked that mindset. That really helped me out. Um, I almost didn't sign up for the race. Because really? I was scared. Yeah. So the year prior, Brian and I and the baby, we volunteered for the Lapine Loop. Okay. That was one of my my preps. Um, we couldn't do the race because baby, but we volunteered to kind of uh, get some recon on it. Right. And they were really nice. They let the three of us be at a station together. And one of us would tend to the baby and the other could do the volunteering. Things and my, I if you had asked me, I would have said we're going to walk away from this. I'm going to be hyped, pumped, can't wait. Brian's going to go. Oh no, what did she sign me up for? And it was the opposite. Interesting. So, okay. <laughs> Brian was really excited. He loves maps. And at one point, uh, we had to short course people, and Brian had to show them where to go on the map. And he was really, really into that. He's the map guy on the team. Um, I was so cold, (laughs) was so very cold. Lapine is a different elevation, even though I live only four hours away. It is so much colder and I didn't dress well enough. And one of the teams uh, I remember, she said, oh, my gosh, you're you're dressed wrong. You should be you're in flannel. You should be in down. You're in the high desert. And I said, oh, no wonder I'm cold. So leading up to. The race we actually signed up for, I was so afraid I was going to be cold. That was my biggest fear out of everything. Because, right. Yeah. Number
1: so, one is being cold. So let me ask you a question <laughs> about that. So, in there's an expression that says that we pack our fears, right? Mm-hmm. So, if we're about going hungry, you bring too much food. Being cold, mm-hmm. you bring too many clothes. When you got to the race itself, did you overdress for the race or did you modulate, did you modulate your, your clothing going into it?
0: I looked up how to do basically hiking in cold weather that's i thought that was a good equivalent Mm -hmm. and the rule was i think three like a a base layer something on top to insulate and then something on top to be waterproof and it didn't feel like enough but that's what i did and i had no issues i was the whole team was great the whole race even though it was snowing none of us got cold which was really nice um so my biggest fear (laughs) conquered
1: and and good on you for doing your research Mm -hmm. Right, And looking at what you had to have there. I want to rewind a little bit. So you Mm -hmm. volunteered first at the larger race and that was the gateway into signing up for the race itself. The the, the littler version a year later.
0: Yeah. I didn't know they were doing a littler version. So that was helpful. I also, the little negative voice everyone has, Mm -hmm. mine was like, oh, there's not going to be a ropes course or a paddle for the little loop. It's not going to count. Like that little negative voice. That was the that was was,
1: chirping in the back of your yeah, head. that was and, the chirping. Right. And so before you even did the race, you fell into mm-hmm. that a psychological trap of downplaying the accomplishment upon a yeah. perceived experience. Interesting that you, and credit to you. Now, how did you, how did you counteract that? Because I think a lot of people talk themselves out of success before they get started. Mm-hmm. What, how did you counterbalance that thought?
0: It was a mix. Um. I, I think I just said I'm going to do it anyways and it's okay if it's not this ultra five day crazy race. Um, And at the end of the race, I'm going to tell you right now, it was an adventure race. Like that little voice, he shut up (laughs) because it was it was 100%. I thought, oh, five hour race. Everyone on the podcast talks about the highs and lows of Mm -hmm. adventure racing. But it's so short. There's no paddle. Uh, There's going to be highs and lows, but not. Not like that, not like right. the big races, but no, there were highs and lows. There were lows.
1: <laughs> that's awesome, that's great though. But it's good, it's good to you not getting caught up inside that dynamic and not ignoring the fact that it was, cause it was smaller, right? In quotes, mm-hmm. less of an experience. Um, and I also it's worth pointing out for the, for the for the person listening who wants to dip their toe in the water. Volunteering in a race is an incredibly yes. powerful example. I know so many people who who are who are full blown adventure racers now who still volunteer at races. But by volunteering, it was a soft entry into that community. And they saw yeah, the it was really through. nice. And and it's and first off, it's good to volunteer. It's good to be it's good to be a decent person, right? We encourage that mm-hmm. in, in humanity. Um, but aside that, you're able to get a taste of it. Um, and also, volunteers too are, are many race directors and and different experiences. Volunteers very often are given some sort of inducement to volunteer for a benefit later on down the road, right? You could earn mm-hmm. credits towards future races. So those of you who are out there who like what you hear. Definitely find a local race. And if you don't want to race it for whatever reason, say, listen, can I spend a day there? And it's just the coolest thing. You see, it's, it's a great experience to see the teams come through and, and to see that human nature out, outweigh itself and all the stuff that's going on there. So in the lead up to the race, you mentioned your training was hit or miss. You were, you were giving yourself, you were balancing the good talk versus the bad talk, all of those things. Race day comes the baby's with your parents, right. And, and, and off mm-hmm. you go to the race itself in the beginning start line maps what was the, what were the disciplines did you start on the bike did you start on the track like it sounds like it was a it sounds like the the race consisted of trekking and biking were there other disciplines in there how did it all start for you
0: it was trekking and biking we got an email before the race sort of outlining it roughly and uh, that was a phone call with the team because the mileage listed for the course was I think I knew it was going to be kind of that big, but I kept telling my team, we can always stop. We can always go back. Don't, don't let this scare you. And, um, we were in the very beginning, our, and I kept saying, our only goal is to cross the start line and don't get injured. That's it. Just the, I've never done a race before. I've, I wanted, I've been wanting to do one for about 10 years now from when I first found adventure racing to when I finally, committed to doing a race and uh for me just the fact of finally starting and signing up and doing a race even if I don't finish that's such a big accomplishment cuz i wanted to stop talking about it and just do it and i had to really say it doesn't matter if it goes terribly if i don't finish so with the team we went over here's what they're saying it's going to be a bike and then a trek and then a bike and then a trek and then an o course i believe Unless the, we, we, I didn't make it there, but I think maybe the last trek and O course might've been the same thing. Got it. Um, and the mileage was very great. I think it was estimating like a 10 mile bike to a three or four mile trek and, and then reverse, right? Uh, so we had a, a team meeting and we said, don't don't let the numbers scare you. Right. We can always go back. And at the time I kind of thought, um, I thought going back would be easier because <laughs> that was my mistake is i never done it before, but it was very much a, a sort of out and back design. Um and by the time we were done, we were we were all the way out. So
1: <laughs> Yeah, there's no choice. Back. Right. You're going yeah. right. It's, oh, guess what? By the way, you're you're going Whoops. back no matter what. That's the way it's gonna go. Now, mm-hmm. so to your credit, first things first, you epitomize the idea that if you wait until you're ready, you're never gonna go. Right. Oh, we're and, never and, gonna be and you were like, I'm just going to go. I've talked about it. It's been a decade. I volunteered. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to kick the tires and we light this rocket and off we're going to go. Mm-hmm. And you didn't get too caught up on the distances that were prescribed out there because it just is what it is. Yeah. How did the mm-hmm. cycling go? How'd the biking go? How'd the, how the trekking go? Like, I'm assuming it sounds like there were four of you on the team. There were two couples, yes. two male, two female, and, and off you went on the race. How did it unfold for you? Did the team, where did they, where would you look back and say, where were your struggles and where were your triumphs?
0: Uh, Triumph, we did it. We made it back. Got struggles,
1: everything. (laughs) The whole whole package.
0: (laughs) The whole whole package. (laughs) Uh, It
1: it sounds like a true first adventure race, by the way. So welcome to the club. We've all been there.
0: (laughs) I think I I made a note of, uh, you know, the race started at 9.00. 24 we can round to 9 30 it started okay. it was supposed to end three-ish awards at four my i was like oh i really hope we get back at four not that we'd win an award but i really like the community aspect sure. of that when i volunteered so i wanted to be there for that
1: one of the best we, parts of ar is the post race conversation yeah right? that's one of the um, best things when it's all over but that was your goal right be back for that awards, was the goal off we go Be right. back for four okay
0: we can always quit and go back we don't care about finishing. We're, we're not going to place. Don't even think about it. Uh, we didn't get back until
1: six. So, <laughs> <laughs> we, so it was uh, almost like baseball. It's like extra innings yeah. of free baseball. It was like mm-hmm. free adventure racing, right? It's supposed to be done by four. We're going to go to six, get two extra hours of racing. Yeah. In.
0: <laughs> we were out there almost nine hours, which is so s- silly because the bigger race, that had paddling everything. I think that was their time frame was like a nine hour race. And I thought that's too much. Right. We'll do the five and I'm out there anyways for nine hours right.
1: almost. <laughs> but, but you also, you also paid the price of the five hour race. So good job. Mm-hmm. You got extra racing. Yeah. There. Well done. Well done. <laughs> okay. So, so why was it nine hours? How did it unfold?
0: The biking just uh, disaster struck so early on because our teammates had to rent bikes and the bikes we rented. I, I don't know who designs bike seats, but this is the most awful bike seat I've seen. It was like barely there, tiny little of a seat. And uh, the, it just the pain of riding that bike. My poor teammates, um, I had a nice, i I bought a new seat, like a big cushy one. I was yeah. great. But my poor teammates and we're on, you know, bumpy dirt roads with some, you know, like the washboarding aspect. And yeah. we early on, we had to walk those bikes just because of the the sheer pain of sitting on those seats. And that's why it took so long. And we were so frustrated because as a group, we knew we could go faster, right. even though the bike training, we didn't do as much as we wanted. But it just was so painful. And that was our our biggest hurdle, the whole race was these bikes. And unfortunately the first section is so much biking. It was, you know, a lot of miles and we just had blinders on, we want to get to the first transition area so we can get off our bikes. We just want to get off these bikes and hike. And it took us so long to get there that we could only do one, just the minimum, get one checkpoint. And then we got to go back because it's an out and back Right. And oh, no, we're on the bikes again. So so a lot of walking the bike instead of actually riding it due to those
1: seats. Now, equipment is always challenging and things like that. Mm-hmm. Now, frustrations aside, how did you manage that? Did you just did you did you talk out loud? Did you have shared frustration? Did you just mm-hmm. say, hey, this is it's a bummer for everybody, but we're out here together and off we go. Like, because it sounds like as you talk about it, I'm not picking up the idea that you didn't that you had a bad time. So how did you bring hmm. a good time out of what could have been a bad time?
0: There was a lot of swearing, a lot of complaining. Uh, we were very vocal about it. Anytime someone said, no, I have, I have to walk. We would walk. We did a lot of walking the bikes uphill and coasting down. Cause at least then my friends could stand up on the bike and not actually sit on the seats. Right. Um, we did a lot of that. I have, bike shorts my mom got me that have like a padded butt i wore those as well right and so after transition area one i gave those to sarah to help her because we're we're we wear the same size basically and that helped her a lot and then a little bit into the biking back we stopped for a bathroom break and i said you know what sarah and i were the same height roughly uh Take my bike
1: You switch bikes? My okay. bike has
0: a cushy seat. My butt is fine. Is has been right. fine. It, it'll take the second half. And she gave the bike shorts to Matt to right. help him because he's so tall. We couldn't switch bikes with him. Gotcha. Unfortunately. And we just made it through. And I, I kind of joked about those bike shorts being like the sisterhood of the traveling
1: pants. Like yeah, everyone yeah. had a turn. Yeah. That's, um, that's it, at the level of clothing of clothing closeness that you rarely hear yeah. in adventure racing. But, <laughs> but to your credit you found a solution inside the experience, mm-hmm. right? And that's adventure uh, yeah. racing. People look at it as a big problem to solve. You had a problem. It was an equipment issue. It was a, it was a, it was a body geometry issue with your teammates. And rather than just throw the bikes in the woods and go home, you, you worked yourself through that problem. Mm-hmm. How did the trekking go?
0: We, we did very little trekking. Uh, we just got the one checkpoint and came back. But it was the day itself snowing on and off flurries. When we did the trekking, bright sun, beautiful view. It was so lovely. (laughs) We wish we could have trekked. Um, Brian, his biggest thing is he kind of wishes we had turned back during the first bike, got a couple checkpoints and just gone straight back to avoid the second biking. Uh, I had blinders on. I was like, I just want to get off this bike. Let's get to the transition area and then discuss. But if we had done it, how Brian suggested we might've had a better time because less on the bike and we could have done the O course was at the end and we never made it to the O course. And gotcha. I think we would have enjoyed would have that health. a lot. Right. Gotcha. I yeah. see what you're saying.
1: And that's, and that's a challenge that most races run into. I, I have a, a, a teammate of mine very often when the, when the races start and we're out there, you lose perspective on time and distance, right? You, mm-hmm. you think you're further away. You think you're closer than you are. And then it's tough to manage that. And so and that was a big lesson for you in your first race. The idea like, if you had turned around earlier, you could have gotten back and gotten on an O course mm-hmm. because you dedicated time on the bike, which sounds like it was really slow and frustrating. You never had a chance to go back and work on that. Right? Yeah. I
0: think as a whole, my team would have been happier more trekking less biking because right. of these rental bikes. And then on the way back after transition area, uh, there is a river crossing with the bikes Got it. and I someone I'm not going to name names, but someone on the course said, "Oh, it's ankle deep water. It's not that bad." Um, I don't know. I don't know if we (laughs) we did it wrong, but uh, it was thigh high easily, and then I I went in. To check it out solo. I, they waited. I'm team captain. I'm <laughs> going in.
1: You, you go I, first, Vanessa. Okay, here you go. Yeah. We'll, we'll
0: wait. I got the water shoes on. I, I thought, oh, I'll just roll up the pants. No, I ended right. up sinking in the mud. My pants got wet. It was up to my waist at one point. And I thought, there is no carrying a bike. There's no way. Right. Our, our team, we have to know our limits safety wise. And there's no way we could safely cross with the bikes. Maybe without the bikes we probably would have done it. Right. Um, And it was frustrating because you had to cross this river. And at this point, actually, I'm in the water and it wasn't that bad, but it was a cold day, but it wasn't that bad. And I was so frustrated. And that was about roughly when my teammate went, oh, the race is over. Like, look at the time. It's already past three. And,
1: <laughs> and you, you must have been like, was, that was a low. Yeah, yeah. Well, first things first, it sounds like <laughs> if, if you remember the movie Raiders of the Lost Ark, Sala mm-hmm. and Indy are looking into the Well of Souls and it's filled with snakes. And Sala says mm-hmm. to Indy, looks dangerous. You go first.
0: Sounds mm-hmm. like that's
1: what your teammates <laughs> did to you at the river. That looks really sketchy. <laughs> All right, Captain, you go first. Um,
0: I volunteered because it, it's my my thing. I, I want to do adventure yes. racing the most. And, and so anytime there was something like that, I mean, my friends already had those bike seats. They had enough.
1: <laughs> all right, but right. they had paid the price. So, <laughs> yeah. so now all of a sudden, it's, it's three o'clock. The race is over. You're waist mm-hmm. deep in the water. Mm-hmm. Wel- welcome to the club. You got to figure it yep. out. How did you guys figure it out?
0: We definitely, we called the race director because, I mean, I don't know what the safety's like on these things, but I thought best to let someone know where we
1: are. Good call. The race is over. Right. Was the fire right? Did you have trackers on you or not? Probably no, not no trackers. Hours. Okay. No. So no oh, good calling your part, breaking open the phone and calling the race director. Yeah. No? I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure they appreciated um, that.
0: Yeah, he did actually. He, he thanked us for that. And looking at the map, our options were river crossing. It's a no. Like that, that's a no. <laughs> Unless yeah. we had, after we had said, maybe if it was earlier, because by then we were so tired. Oh my gosh. We were done with that race, that transition area one. So this is another 10 miles on the bike. And we're, we're done. We're so yeah, done.
1: and the tough 10 miles, right? Not just <laughs> not, not 10 tired. miles, of, yeah, hours, oh, oh. hours on the bike.
0: Mm-hmm. And so safety-wise, the river crossing
1: is not going to happen.
0: Maybe if we had seen another team do it, maybe there was a shallow part. Right. There was a log. Did we go on the log? That seems dangerous. I don't know. Right. We just said no. So our options were to go back the way we came because we're not even near a road that someone could drive and get us. Right. <laughs> or on the map, there was a, you know, a no, no zone. It I think they're in red. It's just yep. like, Mm-mm. um, and there's a, there's a bridge there. So we kind of, we were like, we have to do it. It's getting late. It's getting dark. Uh, and I think we did let Jason know that we were going to do this, um, because it was a no trespassing zone, but we were, you know, we walked through, we were very quiet, and it was just a neighborhood. It was just someone's neighborhood with a do not trespass. And after a, a block or two, it was a normal neighborhood. So we broke the rules. I apologize, <laughs> but uh, it was, that was a two mile going around the river. Like that caught made us have to go two more miles versus going all the way back, which is the whole bike leg. Right. Um, and the sun was setting uh, we well, yeah, so, I mean, it was October. It was yeah. October. Imagine October <laughs> it was, was, October. You it was snowing,
1: right? You're cold. Yeah, at, at, yeah, some point, at, some, at some point, you have to point right <laughs> directly to the finish line, right? Whatever it is, you have to get yes. back there as soon as you can. And that's where you were. And so to that point, you know, going through that trespassing section, uh, and most likely that was right on the course because, you know, you want racers to cross the river as opposed to crossing a bridge. So a lot of reasons, yes. but to your point, you were considerate and thoughtful. You made a recent decision and you decided to get yourself back as soon as possible.
0: Yeah. And we, because the race was over awards had ended, you know, it's four or five o'clock now uh, our phones were on because we're not getting lost now. No way. We're, we're over trying to read the maps. We're just right. trying to get back as quickly as possible. And we were going to call my mom to come get us. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause she's nearby. And when I looked at my phone, and I plugged it all in. Uh, it said we were about a 20-minute bike ride to the ending, to the finish line. And it was, uh, as a team, we kind of went, you know, we are all miserable. We're, we're all in pain. We want this to be done. But we're, we're so close. Yeah. And yeah. We, we kind of agreed we would rather tough it out for, it was really going to be 40 more minutes because uh, of how we bike. Um, but we just agreed we'd rather finish it, finish it.
1: And, right. and that's no what, what we you were, did. You are getting across that finish line. You didn't care about the time mm-hmm. or the distance. The fact that no, you started no. the race, you were going to finish the race.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: for you, it was important to sort of put a period at the end of the sentence, right. As yeah. opposed to getting picked up on the course.
0: Yeah. And I was, uh, you know, my teammates had a rougher time of it than I did because of those dang bike seats. And they were the ones that said, no, we, we want to finish this. The, the way we'd like to on our own terms. And that's what we did. And even though my God, like the last five minutes, man, we, we just wanted to sit and be like done. Uh, but then we saw Brian's car parked and we're like, we're here, you know, and we just straight to the car finished. We just let Jason know like, Hey, we're done. We're, we're going home.
1: <laughs> <Bye."> <laughs> which way Which way to a diner. Like we're getting we're out. This has been great. Thank you. bed racing. We'll see you next year.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, Bye.
1: So, so So clearly you, 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 the sport lived up to its name and you had an adventure. Yes. In retrospect, looking back on it and recognizing that you had an experience that you're able to talk about, you're able to, it it sounds like fond memories is a a fair phrase to use, right? It was challenging Mm -hmm. and difficult. When you, when you look back on the experience, what dials would you have turned differently to give yourself a better experience or, or maybe a different experience?
0: I think just the The bike seats, I would have loved to see how we did with different bike seats. I, I'm so mad that that's what hung us up. Um, but that's just how it happened. Considering how we were only doing two miles on the bike previously per day to suddenly close to 20, I felt pretty good. I mean, obviously tired, sore, we all had bruises, but I was surprised how not terrible I felt the gotcha. next day. <laughs>
1: gotcha. So, and that way you felt like you overperformed when it came to the physical yeah, fitness yeah. component. Very nice. nice. Yeah.
0: Uh, we would have loved to do the O course, but we had done several orienteering courses. So we... Missed out on this O course, but we've done things similar so it's a little sad that we didn't get to do it, but it's okay well we can go out, we can do an orienteering course they have them pretty regularly out here so uh, nothing nothing too bad and. I was surprised that my teammates, because early on in the race with the bike seats, they were just like, never again. Why do we do this? You said it was a beginner race. And I was like, it is, but it's the Ben race. And, <laughs> and at the end, they said, well, geez, we really got to train for next
1: year if we're going to do this again. And
0: I was very surprised they
1: to. Well, the that fact they that they referenced, and was yeah. that at the very end of the race?
0: That was even midway. They said that. And then at the end, and since then I think they might be on board to, to do the, bring the team back. let right. do symphony. Let's a little, go. <laughs> a,
1: little, a little redemption, right? Get back at that yeah. course. And and to your point, it, it sounds like it sounds like you had a lot of the logistical things had to get straightened out. I mean, mm-hmm. r- rental bikes on a first adventure race, odds are that usually doesn't go as well as you hoped it would go. Right. And so yeah. that was the lesson you learned pretty quickly. So, To their credit, if your other if your other two teammates, if they if they picked up some equipment a bit earlier, spent some more time on it, you know, because it sounds Mm -hmm. like your navigation was fine. Sounds like Brian did a good job with that. How did you do nutritionally? Did you have enough food for that long? Or did you run out of food? Uh,
0: We had food. We packed snacks. Um, We had a big breakfast that my dad made before we headed out. And then they gave us some some little snacks at the start. Um, One was some kind of like power not quite a lick. It was like cream cheese kind of texture and it was coffee flared and my teammates hated it, but I was like, this is actually pretty good. And they said, don't listen to her. She's been starving for five hours, (laughs) 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 but I don't think any of us were, were too hungry um, at the end, but luckily you know, I also when I, we let Jason know where we were, I let my mom know we're still right. on the course because she had said, oh, I'll try to come for the awards and see. And I'm like, we won't be there. I'm sorry. Right. But we're live, mom. We're here. And so she when we said we're 20 minutes out, she ordered pizzas. So we had hot pizzas waiting for us the second we got back. So we we were fine.
1: That's a victory right uh, there. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> many a time it's 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 warm soda and, and cold pizza. So you mm-hmm. guys did all right with that at the very end. Talk to me a bit about the Women of AR on Facebook. Are you involved in that Facebook group?
0: Yeah, I joined that group because I followed Bend Racing and I just got suggested through Facebook. And then on the Women of AR, they, they have a lot of great prompts and resources. And I actually won a pair of Women of AR socks talking about how I volunteered the year previous. And I wore them for good luck during my race. So that was exciting. And it was through that that I met Barbara Phipps because I had mentioned, oh, I'm volunteering this year for the Lapine Loop uh, with the hopes of doing it next year. And she said, I'm doing it this year. Join me, like join my team. Let's do it together. And I said, oh, I, I would love to have the baby. There's, you know, other factors I can't. Right. But uh, we became friends and it just meant, it meant so much to me for her to reach out like that immediately within moments of me posting. And I just... It just meant a lot. And I hope Barbara knows
1: that. <laughs> and, and Barbara Phipps, mind you, a, a guest on The Dark Zone, for those of you who want to yes. go back. She's one of, one of our very early guests. Fantastic episode where Barbara really talked a lot of herself and her experiences. I think that, in, in, and it's not just adventure racing, but I think built inside of all of us is that we like the idea of community. We like the idea of being mm-hmm. a part of something. And let that something be whatever it is, right? We are agnostic to the something but the Women of AR group, and and I know women who are involved in it, and I know I know Steph Ross is, is big in that, and she's been a guest on the Dark Zone. I think what what Barbara Phipps did that day for you, and what we do for each other is is that we say to the newcomer, we're glad you're here, we're glad mm-hmm. you're in the sport, and we're glad you're going to give it a shot. And I would guess that the bar that you had to jump over to be a member of that group was very 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 low. You just had to very low be involved and get and and take part in adventure racing. And I think that that. I think that's when you think about AR, you think about all the different aspects of it. I hear time and time again is that people talk about the shared experience of an adventure race and then being a teammate with them. It really kind of binds people together. It makes them a lot closer, which Barbara reaching out to you is so powerful to you.
0: Mm hmm. Yeah. And she, she's who I talked to the day before the race because she had done it the year prior and she listened to some of my concerns. And I know I was worried about water because I normally have one of those bladder backpacks and I forgot Mm -hmm. it. So I was going to have to bring my heavy water bottle. And she said, don't worry about it. It's cold you don't drink as much water during a cold race. And she was absolutely right. And I've even taken that lesson into the run club I go to now that it's winter and it's colder. I don't even wear the backpack anymore because I'm like, it's colder. I don't need it. I'll just drink before and after. And it's, it's been helpful.
1: So all of, all of these things take into consideration Mm -hmm. your, your volunteering experience and racing this past October, it's now December, 2022 Mm -hmm. What does your 2023 look like? Are you going to dive back into a race? You're going to see what happens. Are you going to train some more? Where are you?
0: I haven't been on the bike since the race, (laughs) but I do want to get back at it. I, I had a great time. Um, I love the story. I love the, the adventure going someplace when people talk about the bigger races, it doesn't even have to be a longer race, but, traveling to do an adventure race sounds amazing right. i'm not there yet but one day that that sounds really great and then bend racing came out this year or with 2023 they have a bunch more races
1: yeah i think they have nine and, total races next year yeah. that's nine without having their big race Expedition oregon so i think mm-hmm. nine different events are going on
0: so i definitely want to do one and the little lapine loops on my birthday next year so mm-hmm. well I,
1: I think you have no choice but to go and race it. i hate to tell <laughs> yeah. you that but if it's if it's a if it's a redemption race on your birthday, mm-hmm. uh, you may you may, you may be morally obligated to get out there and give that race a shot.
0: I, I have to do it. Yeah, but I think, yeah, I think, I think you have no excited. choice.
1: Yeah, I think you have no choice in the matter. Quite honestly, I mm-hmm. think you have to go do it no matter what. Um, as you sit here and if you think about the the person who's listening to this who wants to get into the sport and wants to get started on it, what would you recommend to them? It sounds like you had a very satisfying experience in retrospect when you look back on it. Mm-hmm. Not so satisfying during it, but like. If the if the bar to be happy in event racing is to be happy during a race, no one is happy all the time during a race. Yeah. What what would you say to the person sitting home right now listening to this about how what what mental attitude should they bring to this?
0: I I think if you're like me and you're interested, and for me, I keep coming back to it. It, it took me a decade to finally sign up, and I just reached a point where I didn't want to talk about it anymore. I wanted to do it and. I understood it was going to be hard and there were going to be some lows, but that's, that's life. That's with anything. And I'm glad I did it. I'm excited. I want to do it again. And I think it'll snowball. I think I'll do more races or even just more activities. Um, And I would say if you're sitting there and you're thinking about it, I, I would take the leap. I would just, same as me, just your goal should be cross the start line, just sign up for one, give it a go Worst case scenario, you don't like it.
1: Hmm? At least, you know. And, and no matter what happens at the end of the race, you'll have done it. Right. And you'll and yeah. check off that box in your head. And if whether or not it was worth your while to, to do it or not to do it, you know mm-hmm. that. Right. And, they're, and we tend to find that people who return to races time and time again are people who leave races. And they felt like they had a challenging experience, that the race directors and the race volunteers treated them well, and the fellow races supported them. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's a wide spectrum of endurance of sports that are out there. And I've heard time and time again, and not to compare to other sports, but adventure racing, because it has, it's so complex in many ways, the navigation and the gear and the training that the adventure racer cheers along the other adventure racer, wants them to do well. Mm-hmm. And at your it sounds like that was your experience with all the rate, with the race that you did.
0: Yeah, I, I like that. I didn't know that about certain sports. Um, I know, I think ultra running similar because I read a book about it. I'm not going to do an ultra run, but in the careful, book I read, out. be careful. <laughs> no, no. Less words. no, no, be Mm-mm. careful. Well, all right. We'll,
1: we'll check back in 10 years when you're doing hard rock, but okay, good. Yeah.
0: One, of, one of my favorite parts in the book was everyone at the finish line, no matter how long it takes you, they, they clap and they wait because everyone's done the same big thing. And I right. feel that way about adventure race. I didn't do all the legs I wanted to do. We didn't get all the checkpoints. We crossed very late. We, you know, all these things, but we did it. We finished and that, you know, they were waiting for us, the the race directors and a couple other racers. And it felt really great in that moment.
1: Well, Vanessa, I got thank you for coming on to the show. It sounds like your experience will help to inform the <laughs> racers, help to help other people mm-hmm. get into the sport. Final, closing, last question I'm going to ask you. If you could have done one thing differently going into your first race, what would you have done differently?
0: Overall, I'm really happy how it worked out, and I'm glad we finished it.
1: That's right, listeners. Sounds like the episode is over, but it's not. We turned off the mics, we kept chatting, and I turned the mics back on. So here comes Vanessa for even more Pearls of Wisdom. Thanks for being here and keep listening. Okay, so so Vanessa, a, uh, an adventure race is a relatively niche sport, right? It's, it's not everybody mm-hmm. knows about it, not a lot of advertising. How did you find out about adventure racing?
0: I have a very odd answer for this. Um, about 10 years ago, working a desk job, wanted to get some fitness going on. And I had coworkers that did hockey on the weekend. So I thought let's do a sport. Cause then I'm having fun and exercising. Cause I'm not a gym person really. I know I won't go to the gym. And I was like, okay, we need to pick the perfect sport. What's the, to get the body I want, you know, what's the perfect sport. I don't know that many sports and years prior, I had seen a photo series called athlete and it's all the Olympic athletes in a row and they're in like a like a black underwear kind of thing to show to different body types and my um in art school we looked at it for reference a little bit and uh I looked that up and I went through and I feel kind of bad looking at these athletes thinking about it now just being like oh how how do they look is that a good sport not even not even taking into account that they all cross train like let's be honest but Um, for some reason, this one athlete, she stood out to me and underneath her photo, it said adventure racing. And I went, what is that? I've never heard of that. And when I looked it up, um, everything I found at the time pointed to the really long races and it, it didn't click to me that there were shorter ones, um, But every once in a while, I would remember adventure racing and I'd be I'd go, geez, can I watch one? Are there videos? And every time I looked it up, I found out a little bit more. There's shorter races. There's even shorter races. There's races that are just a few hours. And then I started trying to find races near me. um, And then I ended up moving to, to Oregon. And Ben racing's up here and that's how that all worked out. But yeah, (laughs) not eco challenge, which I know is the usual answer.
1: (laughs) And and by the way, congratulations on not having the eco challenge answer because that's usually (laughs) the answer. It's like, hey, eco challenge. So so it it was the art school body type adventure racer homework assignment that got you into adventure racing.
0: Yeah, it wasn't even a homework assignment. Other students passed it around as reference. And it was this, uh, I think you can buy a book for it, but it's the athlete photo series. And yeah, she was just in there and she looks, I don't know why she stood out to me amongst everyone else, but so confident and strong and that adventure race, I think the mystery, what is that stood out to me? And it's an easy enough name to remember for a sport. And I just kept looking it up and I would watch YouTube videos of smaller races that were really fun. And yeah, that's just how I stumbled into it.
1: And, and so and so for a decade, it kind of just kind of sat in your in your collective brain mm-hmm. pan. It kind of just sat there. And you, you've now said a couple of times on the episode that you were you were you were tired of talking about it. You wanted just to go and do it.
0: Yeah. I, I kind of get into it in waves a little bit. I'll be really into adventure racing. I'll watch videos. I'll get pumped. I'll go for a run in not even the rain, a drizzle. I'm like, here, I'm an adventure racer. And then I'll kind of have a low, I think it's just natural for me to get into that sort of rhythm. Sure. Um, yeah, I, think and I, think every time, I think that's human
1: nature. That's yeah, not just you.
0: Right. Every time I got really excited, I got a little bit closer to doing a race. Just a little bit more of a nudge. And I, I think eventually I said,
1: we just we just got to do one. So 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 Barbara Phipps has come up in our conversation. Mm-hmm. And what Barbara was known for was the fact that she dove into a really big, long race with relatively little experience because she wanted to bite mm-hmm. off a big chunk of what she wanted to do. How close are you to doing something like that?
0: I am jealous of Barbara, but I don't know. I don't think at this point I want to do a race that requires staying up. I, I could see myself cause I was out there so I could see myself doing a longer race, but I think maybe not longer than 12, especially since I might not finish in 12. <laughs> right. So I think, uh, adding in the overnight of a race, is not on my list yet, but maybe if I keep at it, I could see myself doing a 24 hour race, but really getting into the tired zone. I eh, not, I don't know if that's for me. I get very cranky when I'm tired. Um, the whole issue of I want to race in my contacts, but I need to sleep on the fly. I don't like to sleep. That whole thing is a lot to figure out. So I think for now, I'm very
1: happy with the, the smaller races. Famous last words. Because uh, what mm-hmm. will happen is that someone's going to come along and say, we have a spot for a race and it's 24, 36 hours. And you're going to say to the women of AR, what do you guys do with your contacts during a race? Yeah. And someone's going to give you an answer. And that's thing you know, mm-hmm. you're going to be awake for time. Yeah. I'll tell you, the sleep thing is interesting. And I, I, I think, well, I think, I think I had a natural advantage because I had, I had very, very young children that were very close in age. Right, and so mm-hmm. there's a level of exhaustion with having a little person in your life. That kind of helps. That um, it's true. I
0: have that training right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I also found too is that the um, being in a group and being with a team going overnight, overnight only lasts so long, right? Mm-hmm. And if you if you make it through that, eventually, you know, it, nighttime is challenging because it gets dark and you're down, and everybody slows down at night. Um, and nighttime navigation is just navigation with a, with a headlamp. It's just, it's slower and it's better. But once you know that you're getting towards those dawn hours, d- the minute the sun comes up, everything changes. Everything changes. And between 2 and 5 a.m. during a race, mm-hmm. make no decisions about your future. Like merely just put your head <laughs> down and get to the next part of the race. Don't quit. Don't yell at your teammate. Like just keep rolling. And that's that's the experience that I've heard on this podcast from racers is the nighttime navigation. Nighttime living is a challenging thing to do. And if you play your cards right, if it's time to take a bit of a nap, you can kill an hour that way if you so choose. Um yeah. but, but my my gut tells me, Vanessa, that if the if the right person came along at the right time with the right team, I think you'd be packing your gear and heading off into the night. That's that's my that's my it, guess could. based upon your answers.
0: I could. It it would be. I think the experience, if I did do one would, would resonate with me, um, outside of adventure racing, we, we did a cave crawl once. And, what uh,
1: what is the cave crawl?
0: It, it, it's just, ca- you are in a cave. I, it was a tour. It was a guided. You say it so easily. You're just in a ca- you're I in a cave. <laughs> I, I surprised <laughs> Brian for Valentine's day. And I signed us up for a rappel and cave crawl and, it Turns out he doesn't like caves that much. We didn't know until later, but
1: uh, <laughs> you guys are you're, was, you're, you're real romantic.
0: <laughs> we, we everyone goes to restaurants. We kind of early on decided let's do something different, anti very different for sure. Valentine's, and that was the first one. And uh, I'm afraid of heights, and we had to do this big rappel, but the power went out, so it was in the dark, which actually bonus for me. If you I can't say. see it, I can't be afraid. And <laughs> then fine. the guide takes you through the crawl part, which was, you know, walking through a cave. There were a couple squeezes that were optional. Um, there was one part where you had to like put all your weight on your back against a wall and use your legs to kind of walk up and then into a hole. I I loved it. I had a great time the guy, I wouldn't do one uh, like that by myself. I need, I need a guy. This is a touristy cave. They get loads of people at the very end. I'm tired. Brian's tired. We, this is before any sort of fitness trying whatsoever, right? We are very not fit in this moment. And to get out of the cave, you have to climb out like the exit is up. And I said to the guy, well, like, I have no upper body strength, zero. I still don't. It's not there. It's never going to happen. And I was just like, "Well, where's the other exit for people like me? Where's like the door, escalator, maybe here
1: stairs? There's got to be
0: an exit for that." <laughs> and the guide said, "No, this is the exit. Everyone goes up the cave. Go ahead." And um, I had tried a few times, and it's just from all the people doing it. It's it's slippy. It's smooth. And I just couldn't get a hold. And I think I was like the first one to, because there were two different halls. Brian was going out the other exit. I think he was already out and I just couldn't get a hold. And that's when I asked him, where's the other thing? He said, no, no, this is it. And he was a very stern guide. And I think I needed a stern guide in that moment, moment and out of spite. I thought I'll show him, I'm going to give it another go. He'll watch me fail. And then I'll get this. There has to be a secret exit. Right. And
1: like a door, I, a door opens out and you step out of it. Right. Exactly.
0: Something, right. What if there's an emergency <laughs> and in my spite, somehow I got a foothold. I just got one and I lifted out of the cave and I'm sitting there in this cavern It's me and my husband no one else is out yet. And I, couldn't believe I did that. And I know in your interviews, a lot of people feel that way during a race that they have this moment. That moment came for me before adventure racing this, this cave. And it struck me, I thought about it all the time afterwards that what else, because if it was up to me, I would have stopped. I'm done. Bye-bye. But I had to get out of the cave. There was one way out and I had to do it and I did it. And I really reflected what else do I stop myself early? Cause I don't think I can. And that I think fed into actually doing an adventure race, knowing that I had this experience, I can go further than I think I can. And it felt like a, a video game where you find a talent tree for a character. You didn't know you had like, what, like, what else am I capable of? And I had no idea.
1: So that, it's the, it's a dynamic there where we we intentionally pin ourselves into a corner to force ourselves to mm-hmm. get out of it. Right. And then when, yeah. you, when you back yourself into that corner and you and you climb out of that cave, metaphorically and, and literally, mm-hmm. <laughs> you you realize that you're you're more than you thought you were. And then the next question is, I could be even more than this.
0: Yeah, that that was a big one. So I think that happened within the 10 years of finding out about in that same bracket of time, Um and I, I think it's let me go for more physical activities that I may not might not have tried. Um, I got more into running, which if teenage me knew I was into running, I would probably think I was an alien take. I'm not really me, you right. know, it just so outside my my box. Uh, but I enjoy it. And with the mountain biking and the race, um I don't think I had a lot of interest in mountain biking. Cause in my head, I thought it was more BMX. And now that I have a more idea of what it is, I really want to try more mountain biking, just getting on a trail. And it, what else is there that I don't know that
1: I'll love? And so what you have there is you, you have that scent, the taste of possibility. Mm-hmm. And we see a time and time again, adventure racing is that racers realize that they could do this thing and they could do something else just as well and take as much enjoyment out of it. And they're kind of on that hunt. And and because I could do this, like it feels like there is no upper limit to what you can do and you keep trying new things and you keep trying out new things. And that's what adventure racing does a really good job with because of the, the nature of the sport, the changing course, the the lengths, all the dynamics in there. It constantly forces you to figure out the kind of person that you are and you learn more and more Mm -hmm. about yourself every time.
0: Yeah, I think my teammates had that experience during this race. And I think that's part of the reason why they're willing to do another one. They had that cave moment that I had prior. So it's really nice. It's the really nice thing to find out in life that there's so much more to explore and try and do. And you just never know.
1: Well, that's really it, folks. Thanks to Vanessa for being on the show. Great episode, great listening. For all those out there, thinking about jumping into their races, follow her advice and just go for it. She had a great time. She'll be back out there and her wisdom and her experience meant a lot to us here at the Dark Zone. Thank you for all that you do, listeners. Your ratings and your link sharing and your clicks and your Instagram follows and Facebook follows means a lot to us. As I said at the beginning, we are growing in popularity, more and more subscribers, and this is good for the sport. So thanks for being here. Thanks for listening. Have a great racing season out there. Thanks again. I need it, brother. You should stay and take it down. That's where I come out. I roll with you, Neil. Whatever. Whatever. No, not on this one, Michael. On this one, you're on your own. You figure this is the best thing to do. This is the best thing to do. I got plans. I'm going away after. So for me, the reward is maybe worth the stretch. Well, Elaine takes good care of you, you got plenty put away, you got t bonds, real estate. If I were you, I would be smart, I would cut loose of this. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice.